Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. I thank you, Lord, in your mighty presence this morning. I pray over every life here and every life that they stand in the gap for and every life and family member that they represent. Father, I pray, let there be a visitation of the Kingdom of God, I pray. Let there be the move of the Holy Spirit in us and beyond, I ask. Let the refreshing rain of Your presence come. And we thank You, Lord, and praise You. And Lord, I pray this morning that as Your Word goes out, let it be a seed that finds soil, I pray, to bear fruit. Fruit that remains, fruit that is eternal, fruit that is lasting and fruit that glorifies Your Name. In the Name of Jesus, would You give Jesus all the praise this morning? <laughs> praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know what you heard this morning, but I heard far more than this team singing. I really did. And that happens from time to time when you just know, you just know that there's an angelic presence that joins in with the songs of heaven. And I heard something way beyond this platform this morning. And you know, as I was, thank you so much team, you've been so good. And you know, as I was praying for you this morning, I, I was praying that we would be a church that welcomes God. There is nothing like a welcoming spirit. You know, that when you walk in, you feel like you're a part. And I, as I was praying for you this morning, I said, God, let us be a people today in this room that God would know, well, the Holy Spirit would know that He is welcome here to do what He, what he loves to do and what He's able and ready to do in Jesus' Name. So I better get on with this because apparently there's lunch, is there? I did not know that. And I've got, I've learned something new. This is pearl tea. Does anyone know what pearl tea is? Only two people in the room. One, two, three, four, five people in the room. Five, six people in the, it's hot water. <laughs> Martin had to educate me what pearl tea was. So thank you so much. Hey, good to be back with you. It's been a little while. I think Byron was down here last week, wasn't he? I, I can't remember. The weeks just keep, you know, they do keep moving on. And uh, we just we just flew back in from Adelaide and uh, we... Um, we went down there, I don't know how many of you knew Pastor Andrew Evans, but it was his funeral. And Pastor Andrew Evans was 87 years of age and they, they had the most amazing, amazing uh, funeral service for him. It was very traditional and very honouring and it was a wonderful, wonderful atmosphere. In fact, an enormous privilege to be there just between you and me. But there were three moments in this funeral service that I wrote down because I didn't want to forget that absolutely stayed with me. And I think they these, these three thoughts, it may not impact you like this, but it sure did me. And it just, you know, it's just like when something comes from here and you plant it here and you think, I don't want to forget that. Well, there was three moments in this funeral service that 
as, as the two sons were honouring their dad. And they said that our dad was a man who sought first the kingdom of God. Many people seek after many things. Many people will seek the church. They want the church to be all things to them or they'll seek after family or that's their first priority or they'll seek after a career. But they said that Pastor Andrew was a man who knew how to seek first the kingdom of God. And his, the scripture, his signature scripture, life scripture was Matthew 6.33, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then all these things shall be added unto you. So that was, that was impacting for me because we can so often be focused upon our priorities, but when there's a person that seeks God first, then the priorities of our life run second, third, fourth, fifth place. And so that was the first thing that we knew about that man, but to hear it from his sons was pretty staggering. But at the moment when the eulogy was done, the one of his sons got up and said it was a life well lived. And they used a number of cricket analogies because they used to play garden cricket with their dad. Um, and they said that his dad thought he was a good cricketer, but he wasn't really, but they let him think that he was. So they, they used a lot of cricketing analogies, uh, analogies. And at the time of the eulogy, one of the sons said, Dad, well played. In other words, a life well lived for God. And at that moment, the thousands of people that were there at this funeral began to clap. And uh, then the clap turned into a louder clap. And then the clap grew some more and then the clap due to a standing ovation and then at the standing ovation the claps got louder and faster and harder and longer and you didn't know when this was going to stop at all and we continued to clap and to stand uh, to honour a man that sought God and followed after God his whole life. So it was very, it was very moving. And, and then the final bit, as if those two things aren't enough right there, um, was when the coffin was leaving. And uh, that always is, you know, I'll never get used to that. But uh, the coffin is leaving and the pallbearers are ushering uh, Pastor Andrew out and, uh, and, you know, the people that were with a part of that. And as that was happening, they began to sing to God be the glory. And the room just, I could feel the Holy Spirit in the room, to God be the glory. And it wasn't that there was, there was a glorifying of the man. It was a, we were giving glory to God for bringing this man to us in our time, in our generation, a man who sought after God and followed after God with a whole heart and to God be the glory. And as the coffin left, the Holy Spirit was still descended upon the room and it was a deeply, deeply uh, impactful time for me personally. I don't know whether everyone felt what I felt, but I came away thinking, Pastor Andrew's in heaven today, but now what about me? You know, not that I'm about to die or anything. I'm not saying that. Well, I don't think so. But, but the thing is, it's like, can I live a life that is well lived and chasing after God and God is first and seek first the kingdom of God. And that was the impact upon my life and, and to not waste our time, not waste our moment that we have in serving the Lord. So I want to bring this word to you and um, I'll try and abbreviate it because I know a little bit of time we've overlapped already, but it's got an interesting title. I don't know whether it's on the screen behind me, is it? 
Camels, Ships and Rams. Bet you've never heard a title called Camels, Ships and Rams. And some of you are looking, thinking, how on earth is she going to get a message out of camels, ships and rams? Well, stay tuned. We'll go together. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So a few Wednesday nights ago at Ormo, we had a prayer night. And uh, I called it a generational prayer night and did it very intentionally because we were praying for the generations. I believe that God is a generational God. He is a generational God. And I never want us to have such a narrow view of what God can do that we only see you and me sitting in this room today. I want us to think generationally. I want us to pray generationally. I want us to have a vision for the generations, even the generations after us, and to sow something in faith for the generations today and the generations to follow. But I was very moved by one woman who came to me And she said, I'm here to pray. I don't have my own children. Uh, She can't have children. But she said, I want to pray for the generations. Can you instruct me how to pray? And right there at the onset of the prayer night, I was moved by just her heart for the generations, even though she didn't have her own children or grandchildren. Her mother had died under very sad situation. And here was a woman saying, I am praying for the generations, even though I don't have a lineage myself. And I thought, is that not the body of Christ right there? That we don't just look with a very narrow view of things, but we've got a much bigger perspective, a God a God perspective on things. And we began to pray for the generation. I tell you, it was a, it was a powerful night. We began, we began to pray. You were there, Dan, weren't you? Dan, I, I love having Dan. That communion message this morning was pretty much my sermon today. So God bless you. I mean, yeah. And Courtney, I think the angels were with you today and, and the other singers that were up here, Serena, isn't it? Yeah, the angels were with you guys today and I, it makes me feel like I can sing. You know, when they're doing well and you listen, you think, oh, there's a note, not too bad, but you just come out of a place of worship. But I want to talk to you today about camels, ships and rams and I'll move on with this. Isaiah 60 verses 1 and 2 It says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you, and His glory appears over you. So that gives a description of our land, not just back then in the book of Isaiah, but it gives a stark description of our land today that even our earth today, yes, indeed, is covered by darkness. But that is not the end of the story. That is not the end of our hope. And that is not the end of our faith. That is not the end of our expectation because the Scripture says, but the Lord rises upon you and His glory appears over you. Praise the Lord, right? The Message Bible says it this way. You'll like this. I like this. The Message Bible words it this way. Get out of bed (laughs) and to wake up and to put your face in the sunlight. I tell you, if that is not language that we need to hear today is like, I've got to, and get out of bed 
Put your face in the light of God's glory. Put your face in the light of God's Word. Start to think and see as God does. Begin to declare the things of God. Get out of bed. Don't be in a slumber. Don't be in a slump. Get into the sunlight because the earth and its people will sink into darkness. But the Lord is rising upon His people. And the Lord is rising upon our prayers. This is such prophetic imagery, I know, but... Let's go into ships, ships. Isaiah 60 verse 9 in the Message Bible says that it's the ships from the distant lands, distant islands, the famous Tarshish ships returning your children from faraway places loaded with riches, silver and with gold and backed by the name of our God, the Holy One of Israel, showering you with splendour. See, these ships that the Scripture's referring to, they were carrying on board what? They were carrying on board the, the, the sons and the daughters that were in a distant land. They were carrying on board the sons and the daughters that were far away, that had moved away. And God was sending out a call that the sons and the daughters, they might be far away, but I'm going to move them near. They might be in a distant place today, but I am moving them close. They might be out of your range right now, but they're not out of mine. You may not be able to see them today, but the Scripture says here in verse 8, what's that that we see in the distance? And if ever I could say a word to you today, I would say lift up your eyes and start to see what is in the distance. Don't just look down here all the time or around about your circumference here, but by eyes of faith and eyes of expectation and through the eyes of the Kingdom of God and with what God says, what is that that you see in the distance? And this is what the Scripture is talking about. It goes on to say that, I mean, the imagery here is just incredible and I won't do it justice at all. But it says that the answer was, it's like doves flying along the clouds, returning to their nest. It's a description of returning home. It's a description of coming back. Even if you've been missing for seven years, six years, eight years, 10 years, 20 years, even if you've been missing for decades, God's hand, God's call, God's message, God's Word can reach them in a far away place and I'm going to provide the provision and the pathway back to come back to where you belong. It's like they hear their name called. I've heard that testimony from time to time that someone says, I looked around because I heard someone calling my name. Has that ever happened to you? It's happened to me a couple of times. I was spun around and I thought, I'm hearing voices. But, you know, there are times when it's the Holy Spirit calling their name. Samuel heard his name called. Eli, the priest, didn't recognise that it was the voice of God going to a, a child, Samuel. And yet there are times, and I believe, even as the church rises up and prays, even as the church owns the Scriptures before the Lord, even today in this service, that those that are in a faraway place can hear their name called. Their name called. What was it that the dry bones in the valley needed the most? They needed to hear the Word of the Lord. They didn't need opinions. They didn't need 
man's answers. They needed to hear the Word of the Lord and nothing has changed in 2023. Our earth, its peoples, our sons, our daughters, even in a faraway place or even us in the room today, what it is that we need the most is we need to hear the Word of the Lord. What is challenged in our day right now is what God said. Did God really say that? I don't think God said that. That's out of date. It's no longer relevant. Listen, the Word of the Lord has not changed. I don't care what YouTube says. I don't care what Instagram says. I don't care what Snapchat says or any other of those sites. Whatever the Word of the Lord says is the Word of the Lord. We need to hear the Word of the Lord. So those that are in a distant place right now, what can you do, what can you do the most? Release the Word of the Lord over them. Ships will bring them back. A mode of God will find a way, a provide a way back. Second thing is about camels. If you've ever ridden one, you may not do it a second time. I did it once and never again. Ghastly creatures, horrible things. <laughs> Lumpy and bumpy and tall and smelly and not pleasant at all. My daughter took me into it once only. Horrible. Isaiah 60 verse 6. It speaks about the camels covering the land. In the Amplified Bible, it says streams of camels. Streams of camel caravans as far, there it is, as far as the eye can see. The Hebrew description of this is that the land would be covered by the overflowing waters. That's the Hebrew description there. The camel, as you would know, is known as the ships of the desert. They carry the valuables, they carry the wealth, the gifts. Remember the camels that carried the men to when baby Jesus was first born and the camels transported the men, but they also transported the gifts to the newborn king. But not only did these camels carry gifts and valuables, it says here, and I, I, I hear it in the Spirit, that the camels will cover the land with the praises to the King of Kings. And I wonder whether, whether the church is ready for that. I heard it in the Spirit this morning. I heard the church praising God right here in this place right now. And in a few minutes' time, we're going to send praises to the King of Kings out to our land and beyond our walls and into our neighbourhoods and into our streets, into our schools, our kindergartens. Listen, I won't get off track right now, but if anything is stirring my heart right now, it's the things that are infiltrating into our schools and our education places and our listen, the church has to find its voice and it has to stand up and declare, hear the Word of the Lord. Stand strong in this day. Let the land be filled with the Gospel. Let the land be filled with praise. Let the land be filled with the sons and daughters who have returned home. That's what the land is going to look like when the church begins to call out the things of God. The third thing is this, and I didn't write it up because it was a very large heading, but it's called Flocks of Kedar. The Flocks of Kedar. What is that? Isaiah 60 verse 7, it says, All Kedar's flocks will be gathered to you. Listen, this is important. The Flocks of Kedar were known as the Wanderers. 
They were the nomads. They were the ones that had no permanent dwelling place. They were the kind of people that were here and then they'd uproot and they'd go here. And then they'd uproot and they'd go here. Then they'd uproot and they'd go here. They had no permanent dwelling place, but one of the things that they were known for was that their tents were very, very beautiful. They had beautiful tents. But there was a time, and as I began to pray into these words this morning, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me that even those that have been like nomads, they've had no home, they've had no permanent dwelling, their roots haven't gone down, they've never managed to plant in any set place, they've uprooted here and uprooted there. He says, I'm going to gather the nomads, I'm going to gather the wanderers, I'm going to gather the ones that have had no permanent dwelling place and they will furnish my house with those that will praise the King. The sons and daughters are being gathered, even the ones that have been dislocated, disconnected. He says, I'm furnishing my house with the wanderers and they will have a beauty to them. You'll recognise them by their beauty. Their lifestyle may not have fitted yours, but you'll know them by their beauty. There is something about them that stands out. Water will flow into the barren and the barren land producing fruit and harvest will, be, will come because praise changes the atmosphere. That happened this morning, by the way. Praise changed this atmosphere in this room. It honestly did. Praise changes things. Praise sends an enemy to flight. Listen, I, we were at National Conference just, I don't even know what month it was, but anyway... A lot happens in a week, but it was, it was a couple of months ago. And one of the striking things, well, there was many striking things about that national conference. It was a national conference of all of our pastors. But on the last, I think it was the last night, anyway, one of the speakers got up and said, started talking to the pastors of Australia. And his message was, in essence, don't tolerate the devil. That was it. It's like, hello, we're the priests. You know what I mean? It's like, we're, the, we're supposed to be the pastors. We're not tolerating the devil. He says, why are you putting up with the devil here? Why are you tolerating the devil there? Why are you being intimidated by, by what an enemy is doing there? Why are you listening to the voice of, of an enemy there? Don't tolerate the devil. Remember who you are. Remember that you're a son of God, a daughter of God. Remember that you are the church. Stand in your authority. Stand in your position and give praise to the King. I tell you, the presence of God broke out in that meeting. You guys were there, right? You guys were there. And we all got reminded in a space of 30 minutes, that's who we are. That's what we sound like. That's, that's, that's who we are in Christ. Let's never forget what Jesus did for us. A huge price was paid. The fourth thing is this, is about the rams. In Isaiah 60 verse 7, it talks about the rams of Nehoboth. And I won't read the scripture, but it's on your screen and you can read some of these for yourself. But what do rams speak to us about? It speaks to us about sacrifice and having a life that is yielded for the service of the king. A life of sacrifice and service. Rams speak about a surrender, a yielded place. And I think if I came, came away from Pastor Andrew's funeral with anything moving and stirring and challenged in my heart these last few days has been how yielded is my heart before the Lord really? 
How surrendered am I really? You know, is he really first place? Do I truly seek first the the kingdom of God and his righteousness first? How much of my life is surrendered and yielded to him? Because yes, we can show up at this and do that and put our hand to this and offer that and put our tithe in and sing some songs in church. But how much of my heart does God really have? Is it truly yielded to the Lord? The rams of Neoboth speak to us about sacrifice and surrender, living a life of service. Psalm 44 verse 3 says, It was not by their sword that they won the land, nor did their arm bring them victory. It was your right hand, your arm, and the light of your face, for you love them. In other words, God is our victory. It is God's arm that is not so short that it cannot save. It is God's arm that can reach out to those that are in a distant place, a faraway land. It is the arm of the Lord that can gather up the wanderers and the nomads and the dislocated and the disconnected and the disenfranchised. It is the arm of the Lord that is strong. We just have to live a life that is yielded and surrendered to Him. And I love this room this morning because that's what I felt in this room was people that were wanting to be yielded and surrendered and giving praise to someone who deserves it 100%. The Rams speak to us about sacrifice. We've got nothing to boast about, not one of us. Not one of us have a thing to boast about. We boast about the goodness of God. We boast about the glory of the Lord. We boast about His mercy over our lives. We boast about a Father who loved us so much that He sent His Son Jesus to die upon a cross for us. We boast about His goodness. Our righteousness is, well, we really have none, do we? It's His righteousness. It's His goodness to our lives. And may the face of the Lord shine upon us and shine upon this land in Jesus' name. I heard a testimony of a woman who had been praying for her daughter that had become backslidden and lost in a a whole series of things that had not just led her away from the church and her upbringing and her marriage and all the rest of it, but this mother had, you know, just prayed so consistently for her daughter. And she had prayed and given herself so much to prayer and expectation of what the Lord what his word promises over her daughter. And then one day the voice of God came and said, my spirit is moving so strongly upon your daughter, who at this point now was in prostitution, that my spirit is moving so strongly about you, over, your li- over your daughter that even you can't mess it up. Even you can't mess it up. And I love that. God do something here that even we can't mess it up. You know what I mean? God, start to move in our families that even we can't mess it up. Start to move, Lord, in our land that even we can't mess it up. Let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does. And let the arm of the Lord move, I pray, in all kinds of places. But... We can live with a sense of expectation to look up and see the season that is approaching and the season that is knocking on the door as the camels were coming from a distance, carrying on board the sons and the daughters, the valuables and the riches. 
Let's look up and see what God is preparing to come our way. I want us to declare, Mark, would you come back and the team please? But I want us to begin to declare the land around about us, that all around us right now, that we're going to sing the praises of God over the land. For we're in a season of recovery. We're in a season of restoration. We're in a season of refocusing. And I think what God has done with me in the last little while is I've just simplified my life in a few places. And I wake up always early. I mean, some of that is the age that I'm in, but I'd like to think that the Holy Spirit's in amongst that somewhere. But I use it for a good reason, and that is to God, here I am again. Here I am again. One of the great blessings in my life is I've literally heard, I've literally heard the voice of God as I've prayed. And He said to me at one time, I have heard you. I've heard you. And I carry that knowing that He's heard me. I'm heard by God. And when I pray the prayers that I know He wants prayed, when I surrender and yield my own life to Him, I know that He's there. But it's time for us as the church to look up and to see a season of tremendous revival, tremendous recovery, and to look up and see that water is flowing from the sanctuary out into the land. You would most likely know that we've been focusing on the Word that God gave us this year out of Ezekiel 47, that water flowed from under the sanctuary and healing came. Listen, what we did this morning at nine o'clock was no small thing. I heard you. I heard you praising. I heard you declaring the things of the Kingdom. I heard you with a heart of expectation, God, move in this place, move in my life, move in my children, move in my home. I heard the sound of the Kingdom this morning. And when it starts to flow from the sanctuary, according to Ezekiel 47, it will start to bring healing out into the land. Listen, our land needs the church. It needs the Gospel. It needs believers who know how to believe, not just show up at nine o'clock. Our land needs the church filled with believers that are filled with the Gospel of Jesus Christ. I wanna pray as we close this service. I wanna pray for the sons and the daughters that the ships, God, whatever designated process or provision you have to bring them from a faraway place, my God, would the doors of provision and I pray journey be opened up for them to come from the distant, dislocated place in the Name of Jesus and God bring them home, we pray. I pray that out of our church here at Gilston, that the waters of praise will cover the land flowing from the sanctuary of God and that we will see a move of God's Spirit in our schools, our youth den, our streets, our families, our church, of course, on a Sunday. But let's never be so narrow-minded that we just have a little bless me club here on a Sunday. The church is made for bigger things than that. 
The church is made for a big vision. I want to pray for the wanderers today, the nomads, the ones that have no place of belonging, that God will bring them to their place of belonging, that there is a sense of destiny and belonging and home and the stake is in the ground. My roots go down deep and I will grow and mature in Christ. And I pray that the house of God be filled and furnished with praises, with worshippers, with prayers, with intercessors, but most of all hearts, hearts that are surrendered and yielded to the will of God in Jesus' Name. In Jesus' Name. Would you just give me five minutes as we pray? Stand to your feet if you will. And we're going to pray for these four things that'll go on the screen. Holy God, Holy God, we worship Your Name today. We worship Your Name. Let's let an atmosphere of worship and praise and surrender come into this place this morning. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au